Grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. So for today's sermon, I'd like to talk about 2008. Why do I want to talk about 2008? That's around the time that the youth who will be confirmed today were born. That's about the time you all were born, right? You all 2008? Anybody else any other year than 2008? Seven? Oh, you're close. We'll call it close. But I want to talk about 2008. How things have changed since then. Because attitudes have changed, priorities have changed, tastes have changed, norms have changed. You have changed, obviously. Nothing seems to last. The world just moves on. So, to kind of uh, go with my theory here, um, let me ask, who won the Grammy for Best Pop Album in 2008? You'll never guess. You will never guess. You can tell me after service if you're right. I'll give you $5, but you are not able to use Google, right? Somebody guessed Britney Spears. I'm like, nope, that's an easy answer. All right. Who won the World Series that year? Some people might know this one. I've blocked it out too, if you've forgotten, because I don't like living in a world where a Philadelphia sports team ends the year on top, right? The Phillies won it. Don't worry, that's yesterday's news. Not even if you're rich and influential do things last forever, guys. Not even if you're rich or influential do things last forever. Bill Gates retired in 2008. He stepped down as chairman of Microsoft. And speaking of things not lasting, in 2021, he and Melinda announced on Twitter that their 27-year marriage was over. After 27 years. But let's get back to 2008, okay? Back in 2008, you were wee. You were small. Back in 2008, uh, both my parents were alive. Um, My mom's mom was alive, right? My maternal grandmother was alive. My aunt and uncle, so my dad's sister and her husband were alive. My cousin, who is eight years younger than I am, was alive. My wife's dad was alive. Some friends were alive. Lots of church members who now have gone on to be with Jesus were alive. Who do you know? Maybe there's people in your family or friends or others that are no longer with us. Nothing seems to last forever. Except maybe the production of Marvel movies. (laughs) Iron Man. Came out in what year? Just take a guess. 2008. My son was three at the time. He was more interested in the kid behind him than it was on the screen. But He had popcorn. 2008. Here we are, 31 films later with more to come. 
31. But with the state of the, of the recent films, I'm sure that this too will pass. Okay. And guys, we don't like to think about it. We don't like to acknowledge it. But our time on earth is fleeting too. It's over before you know it. Peter quotes the prophet Isaiah, chapter 40, to drive this point home. All flesh is like grass, and all its glory is like the flower of grass. The grass withers, and the flower falls. Right? Life is fleeting. The things of this world are fleeting. They're temporary. But there is one constant. One constant in a constantly changing world. One thing remains the same, and that is God. And by extension, His Word. God means what He says, and says what He means. And all of it, all of it points to Jesus. It always has, it always will. That's a problem for many people. Society tries to change that, tries to cancel it, tries to twist it, tries to distort it, say that it meant one thing at this time, but at this time it means this. No, the word endures. The question is, will you endure in the word? The question is not, will the word endure forever, is will you endure in the word? Look to the scriptures, look to Jesus. He came to fully reveal God's word because he is that word. The second person of the Trinity is God's word made flesh. And he was always around, right? He was always there, that's what we learned. We learned That the God part of him, the divinity, he was always there. Peter says as much too. He was foreknown before the foundations of the world. But he was made manifest in the last time for your sake. To be made manifest means to appear. To be made tangible. Something you can hear. Something you can see. Something you can touch. Right? Jesus was certainly that. So I kind of lied when I said you weren't going to have to do anything for today's service. You should see their faces. I wish you could see it. It's okay. We're going to have the whole congregation say it along with me. Jesus was tangible. So what do we confess in the creed? I believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord. Let's go through it. Who was conceived by the Holy Spirit? Born, keep going, Virgin Mary, was crucified, died, and was buried. Keep going. The third day, okay. You know, we recite that. I don't know that we think about it. Boy, first service was like, Third day he rose again from the dead. I'm like, this is good news. What Jesus did, what the Word made flesh did for you, still has an impact today. Still has an impact. Peter says you are ransomed. You know what a ransom is, right? What's a ransom? A ransom is a sum of money, something you pay to get someone back. You were ransomed, Peter says, from your feudal ways inherited from your forefathers, right? Because of the corruption of sin. What were you ransomed with? What was the payment? Not with perishable things, not with silver or gold, right? Luther picks up on this 
in his explanation to the second article of the Creed, not with silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Jesus. Because he is a lamb without blemish or spot. What he did suffer and die for you, and what he did was raised for you, still has an impact on you. God gave him glory so that your hope and faith are in God. You know, we talked about not recognizing Jesus uh, from the Gospel of Luke. And I don't know if you've ever been in a context where you don't expect someone to be there and you don't recognize them. You know what I mean? So think about the context of Luke. Jesus had been brutally beaten. He had been brutally whipped. He had been taken onto the cross. He had been pierced. Um, you know, had died, had been placed in a tomb. Uh, the idea that he would be walking along his disciples on the road to Emmaus uh, defies human reason. Even though he had said it numerous times throughout the Gospel of Luke, exactly what was going to happen, nobody took him at his word. See, that's the problem. So yeah, Jesus was in the grave. He withered and faded for three days. But not now. Not now. He is risen. He is alive. He is not gone. He is ruling and He is reigning and He is watching over you. And that should affect the way that you see reality. The way you live your life. The way you think. Because what Jesus did for you lasts. It lasts. Here's what Martin Luther writes. This is beautiful. I, I love this. Hopefully you will too. A sincere Christian believer has all the possessions of God. And is a child of God. The time of the Christian's life, however, is but a pilgrimage. For through faith, the Spirit is already in heaven. Right? For those with true faith. The Spirit is already in heaven. And this makes the Christian Lord over all things. But God permits the Christian to remain alive in the flesh and lets his body walk the earth in order that the Christian may help others and bring them to heaven too. Therefore, he says, we must use everything on earth in no other way than as guest. As a guest who travels across the country, comes to an inn where he spends the night and takes nothing but food and lodging from the innkeeper. Thus, the Christian life is only a night's lodging. It is not permanent. Right? All the stuff that we think is so important and that's going to last The Christian life is only a night's lodging. For we have no lasting city. Hebrews 13, 14. But we must go where God is. We must go where God is. That's why God gave you the Word. His everlasting Word. To bring you and keep you in the faith. God's Word is not meant to be something that we just study for three years and then move on. We are going to pray later on a prayer thanking God for the gift of His Word and Scriptures and that we may hear, read, mark, learn, inwardly digest them, that we may embrace and ever hold fast the hope of everlasting life. The Word is quite powerful. It is the salvation, the power of salvation for all who believe. It reveals our helpless condition. It reveals that we need God desperately. 
Luther says, formerly you were citizens in the world, you were subjects of the devil. But now God has torn you from that kind of life and has put you in another position so that you are citizens in heaven but strangers and guests here on earth. Right? Arrange your life accordingly. The word endures forever. And the word endures forever and it's important for you because you have been born from above, not of perishable seed, that means something that can be destroyed or that passes away, but of imperishable, through the living and abiding word of God. And this word has been preached to you. This word has caused you to see and believe how much God has spent on you in the person of His Son. That's what Lent was all about. How much God paid in the person of His Son and how rich the treasure is with which you are ransomed and made a child of God. Yes, everything will come to an end. Jesus will usher in a new heavens and new earth. He will bring an end to sin, to death, to the power of the devil. Those things won't last. But one thing will. And that is an eternity either with God or without Him. Do not despise the word that was preached to you. Do not move on from the enduring precious treasure of Jesus, the word made flesh. For He has given you life in the world to come that lasts forever. Amen. Now may the peace which surpasses all human understanding guard your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus, our great treasure. Amen.